Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alrighty. Let me get this. I'm having issues this morning. I know I've done this before, but there. I think that's better. Can y'all read that? All right, that means I'm the one with the information. Y'all just have to sit there. All right. So we're in the 4th of July season, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of people, you hear people say freedom isn't free, right? So that's kind of my message today. Freedom isn't free, and then right behind it I got, or is it? So <clears throat> I want to... I want to discuss that a little bit with you today. Now, you hear it around Memorial Day and things like that, so I'm going to give you two phrases, and we'll go from there. So freedom isn't free, that's one, right? All right, you hear that? Fourth of July, we know that back way long time ago, some people fought for the country, and we divided and things like that. So, and then there's another, not, I almost said scripture. There's another one. All gave some and some gave all. all right? And I actually, I don't know this. I don't know if that's a Marine phrase or if it's just a military in general or whatever, but you see it a lot on some flags and you hear it Memorial Day and things like that. So keep those phrases in mind. Freedom isn't free. Some gave all, or all gave some and some gave all. All right? And y'all are familiar with those, correct? All right. All right. I'm not going too far out. So before, before I even get into that, I got a proposition for you. Now, Miss Julia said that I'm family. Uh, she introduced me as Pastor Tim. So we'll say I got about this much authority. So I believe I, believe I could get Julia on my side. If, if anybody wants the church to pay for their meal today, if every family would give a thousand dollars an offer, and I believe that could happen, is that right? <laughs> uh, my wife hates it when I joke about stuff like that, so she'd be like, "Stop, stop." So anyway, all right. So we're all gonna pay for our own meals today. So we'll just and, and if you wanted me to be quick or get through before all the other churches, that's another thousand in offering. So, <laughs> so we'll, you know. Sorry, babe. All righty. So we get to do the 4th of July message. So two things. Well, all right, so let's get started. I'm going to read a little bit to you. Y'all ready? This is a little bit of history. You know it, you love it, and you like it. All right. So on July 4th, 1776, we declared our independence from Great Britain. All right, so we're there. Way back in the old times, we're, we don't really like the way things are going. We don't have representation over there so we're going to declare our independence so some people say it happened on july 2nd some people july 4th did y'all know that that there was a discrepancy yes it's a discrepancy but through it all we watched it and we figured it out and some people even said we're not coming to the fourth of july celebration because it happened on july 2nd but july 4th won out because it was a better day it's probably more sunny that day i don't know but so we celebrated on july the 4th all right, so now we're declaring our independence, which is liberty and freedom. So in your, in your uh, Constitution, we got some amendments. Now, certain liberties come with this freedom. Since we got away from Great Britain, we got freedom. Now, remember that word, freedom, because that's what it's all about today. All right, the First Amendment gives us the right of free speech. Say what you want to. You can call me names, whatever. doesn't matter. Second Amendment gives us the right to bear arms. You get to have your guns. Nobody can come take them away from you. 
All right, the Fourth Amendment says the government can't come into your house just to look around. Illegal search and seizure, all that kind of thing, right? So we're getting our freedoms. We're saying, hey, I need some freedom here. You can't do this, you can't do that. All righty. So the Fifth Amendment gives you legal rights. So in your, you got, if you get in trouble, you have the right to get a lawyer. You know, all these things. It's, it's a lot of your legal rights. So now as you've learned, it comes at a great cost. Now freedom, it was not free. In the past, freedom has not been free. People have died for your rights. They have died trying to get their rights, trying to make their place a better place. So freedom isn't free. It's not free. Now, you've got these rights, you've got these things, and I may differ from Brother Andy over these freedoms. Last night, I saw a Facebook post uh, about the separation of church and state. And I, I did my, I held my tongue. I held my tongue. So, I differ, I see it different than what they see it. Now, even though I have the right to bear arms, somebody's out there saying, okay, you can have all the guns you want. They don't say that. They say you can have your guns, but you can only have a magazine that holds five bullets. 17 bullets is too many. 20 bullets is too many. Can't have all that. All right. So they see it different than me. And some people are out there and saying, okay, I'm a big, strong guy. I can compete in women's sports just because I want to be a woman today. It's divided. Some people say he's got the freedom to do that. Some people say he doesn't. I don't know where you're at. I know where I'm at. But, all right. So, here, here lately, we've had freedom for abortion, and that got changed just the other day, right? All right. So, some people feel this way. Some people feel that way. But you know what? It's, I don't want to say it's okay that they feel that way, but they have the right to feel that way. They have the freedom to feel that way. Now, if you want to bring it back to our, our little spot in the world, I live in North Crossit. Uh, they live in Crossit. So if they, in the fall, they want to burn leaves, nah, can't do that. But me, just right over here, I can burn all the leaves I want to. That's my freedom. Now, why is that important? Because I'm free to live over here, or I'm free to live in Crossit. That's their right. That's what they want to do. If you want to live in Crossit and blow your leaves to the curve, then that's fine. If I want to live in North Crossit and burn my leaves in my backyard and smoke out my neighbors, that's fine. That's my right. Okay. Okay. I. She may not. She lives in North Crossit. She may not like it. At one time. The smoke from the poison ivy would get in her, and you know it it aggravate. So, but that was her neighbor's right. You can't go over and say, "Hey, snuff out that fire." You just can't, because it's a fright. It's a right. It's a freedom. It was in the Constitution. It's in the amendments, things like that. So, that's where we're going to go today. Into, of course, we're going to go into the Bible with these things. But I, I wanted to lay that foundation to let you know you have a right to be who you want to be. And I have a right to be who I want to be. Now, the question is, how bold am I going to be with that right? How bold can I be with that right? Okay? Because I have freedom. I've got the freedom to be me, Miss Joellen. There's a, isn't there an old song, I Gotta Be Me, or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. Frank Sinatra, Bing Crosby, one of them guys. Anyway, I gotta be me. So, let me tell you a couple stories about that are going to be in the Bible. And it, it's not going to take all day, because like I said, you can be you. So, you, can, you have the right to sit here and listen to me, and you can be on the edge of your seats all day, or you can just sit there on your phone. Lunchtime is coming. Lunchtime is coming. You can be free. Do whatever you want to do. 
because that's you and I'm me. But just remember, when I'm me, I'm going to be all me. All me. And who lives inside of me is Jesus. So when you see all me, you're seeing just hopefully, hopefully, this much of Tim and this much of God. Because I want to I want him to come through me. I want him to work through my life. I want him to be in every aspect. I want him to be there when I pick out my car. When, when these flowers get arranged, he's going to be there. You know, I didn't do these, but I'm just saying, I want God to show forth through me in my actions. And I want him to show forth through you in your actions. All right, let me... So, now this is important. Uh, I'm going to give you the definition of freedom. Now, there's two. And the first one, of course, is the definition. And then the second one is like a similar thing. All right, are you ready? The definition of freedom is according to Google. Now, I didn't look it up in a dictionary. It's not Webster. This is Google. Freedom is the power to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. I can be me. You can't tell me not to be. I'm free. All right. Another freedom, the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. Now, I want you to keep both of those in your mind, freedom, because they both apply. They're both freedom. It's just different, different ways to look at it. All right? Now, that, the definitions were kind of, I'll just say they were like my segue into the actual message. The rest of it, it's important. And it lays a foundation, but it's not my message. It's not what I want to talk to you about. I could care less whether you burn leaves in your yard or not. It doesn't matter to me. Be free to be you. But I want you to be free to say what you want to say. Say what's inside of you. Get it out of your chest. Do whatever. And I want you to be free to not be hindered by anything. I don't want you to be enslaved by the devil. I want you to come out of that. I want you to say, hey, devil, you can't stop me from doing this. I'm going to do, do what God says for me to do. You're not going to hold me captive. You're not going to put shackles on my feet. You're not going to do any of this. I'm going to be me. I'm going to be free to be me. So freedom, this is where we're at. All right, so let me get back. All righty. So let me, let me, one moment. All right. So the First Amendment also gives each person the right to practice his or, own, his or her own religion or no religion at all. So we'll kind of unpack that for a second. So we know that, yes, our country was founded on religious freedom, right? We know in the other countries they made you be this religion or this religion or whatever, you know. The kings said all that. So now, America says, hey, you can practice whatever you want to practice. We're not going to make you do anything. But we're going to write this, the Constitution, we're going to write it, and we're going to found it on Christian principles because we believe in Christianity. We believe in the God Almighty. So do what you want to. Don't do anything, whatever. It's up to you. So that tells me that I can... I can I have a family member, I don't really know him, but we met one time, and he says he's an agnostic, and I'm like, what, what's an agnostic, you know, what is that, doesn't believe in God one way or the other, doesn't really care if he exists, doesn't care if he doesn't, whatever, you know, it's nothing to him, and so I'm thinking, well, my goodness, that's got to be a boring, what are you living for, what are you, what you're trying to accomplish in life, you know, what's your end goal? Well, he doesn't have one. He's just going to live. He's going to pass away and die. But that's okay. He's free to do that. Free to do that. Now, now I don't sit there and say it's nothing to me because it is. It's a soul. It's a, you know, <clears throat> it's a life. He could go to heaven when he's choosing something. And it's just because he's not crazy. He's uh, just ill-informed. He hasn't had the presence come into his life. But Hey, he's free to do that. Now, you got the other religions. You got all kinds of religions out there. So let's just take Hinduism and Buddhism for a second. All right. They're free to be that. 
whatever, whatever that entails. And I just kind of skimmed through a little bit, and I found out that I, I already knew, but they believe in reincarnation. All right? Now, hey, that's what you want to do. If you want to come back as a cat or a dog or something like that, and, and just so you know, a cat and a dog is considered like it's not a good thing. If you come back as a dog, it's not a good thing. And I don't know what a good thing is. I don't know if an elephant is good or a cow. I don't know. But for whatever reason, a dog is not good. But if you've ever, you ever go into the Chinese restaurants, sometimes, not all of them, some of them are Christian, or I know we've had a donut shop there in Monticello, and it had one in there. But it had a little cat. Just when you walk in, that thing was just, yes, Benny's seen it. It just sits there and waves that one hand. Now, that's a pretty boring life. If I was going to be re reincarnated, I'd want to have a meaning. I'd want to do something other than just smile and wave, you know. Now, now I know they're coming, they say that they're coming back as real dogs and animals, but that's what they think of their cats. Meow. Just, you know, just sitting there doing that. So, so to me, that's a boring, you know, I don't want to come back as a dog. I don't want to have to live out in the rain. I don't want to have to hunt for my food. I don't want to have to, whatever dogs do, I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to be cold. I don't want to be hot. I don't want to do that. I want to be Tim. When I pass away, I want to go to heaven, right? So to me, in, in, in Christianity, when I pass away, my Bible tells me there's something glorious waiting on me. If, well, it does, I promise. <laughs> so, so it, I don't know why that happened. <laughs> it's agreement, yes. So, there's, there's something great waiting on me. The Bible says when I die, I can go to heaven and I can be with Jesus. And I can be with God and I can be, have the Holy Spirit. I can live in mansions of gold, all this stuff. So if I can, just on the surface level, if I can live in a mansion made of gold, with streets made of gold, why would I want to be a dog? Why would I want to be an elephant? Why would I want any of that when my Bible tells me I can have so much more? So much more. And on top of that, it tells me I can have so much more here on earth. So I don't have to just live a life of meagerness or meekness or not, not that. I don't have to live a ho-hum life here on earth. I can have all kinds of things. Now, and I'm fixing to tell you a few stories about what life can be like here on earth. And it can only be like that because you have freedom. The Constitution says you have the freedom to be Ernie. You can be Bob. You can be Mitchell. You can be all these folks out here. You can be whoever you want to be. But be who you are. Don't try to be me. And don't try to be Miss Julie. Don't try to be Paul. Be you. But I'm going to try to convince you to be a Christian. Not a Hindu. Not a Buddhism. Not an agnostic. Not a Catholic. Not a Mormon. Not any of these other things. I want you to be, whether it's Baptist, Southern Baptist, Third Baptist, Second Baptist, First Baptist, whatever whether it's uh, non-denominational, whether it's Pentecostal, whatever. I want you to be a Christian because I want you to have more in life than you've ever thought possible. I want you to go further than you ever thought possible, and it's, you can do that. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about your boldness in faith. I'm talking about <clears throat> your everyday walk. All right, so let's go to my, my first little thing. Oh, man, I missed a whole bunch of stuff. Let me go back a little bit. Well, no, I'm just going to skip all that. All right. Now, when I've talked about these religions, about Hinduism and Buddhism and things, I kind of joked around a little bit. And some people, you know, they might think, hey, hey, it's not right. They got their ways, you got your ways. Don't, don't be messing with them. So let me tell you a little bit of story, and then I'm going to get into this. So one day, I was at work. And we had this guy, I don't know, he was from India. I don't know necessarily what his religion was. But he was, he was one of those, uh, Hindu, Buddhism, whatever. But he came to me, well, he, was, he didn't come to me, we were talking. And he lived in a house that somebody I knew used to live in. So we got to talking and he asked me, he said, hey, 
can you find out if anybody that lived in the house in the past ever passed away in that house? And to me, that's an odd request. So I'm like, what? I said, I, I can ask them, but why? You know, why is it? He said, well, we believe that if somebody has passed away in that house, that's a bad spirit still there. So then we have to come in, and we have to uh, pray over the house, light incense, and different things like that. So, so at that time, I've got an option. I can say, hey, you don't got to deal with all that stuff. You know, uh, if somebody passed away, then, then they're either up there or down there. They're not here in the three-bedroom three anymore, okay? But this man is in America. He's got the right to believe whatever he wants to believe. So who am I to come in at that moment and say, don't worry about all that because I'm going to tell you something about me. And I'll... So I believe, and I, I, know, I know some of y'all do too because I've done it with you. And I, I know my wife has went to your houses and things. But say you move into a new house. Do you go around and pray in your yard? Do you do that kind of things? Do you go... Uh, if I know there's a business down here. Pastor Eileen went down and prayed for the business before it started. It's done very well. So I know that I do things like that. Now, I don't necessarily do what he did, but I believe in prayer, and I believe in things like that. Uh, I believe it does make a difference. I do want prayer over my house before I move in. <coughs> uh, not that anything's bad or anything like that, but when we had all the people come stay with us, we prayed before and we prayed after. It's okay. You know, some things in the house were good, some things weren't. But it's okay because, why? Because I had the freedom to go to my property and pray over that. Pray any bad thing out that ever happened in there and to pray anything, any bad thing from coming in again. So in that aspect, I'm not that much different than this fella. Okay? And I had a, when we were sitting there talking, Another guy came through, and he just caught the glimpse of what he was saying. And he's like, you think there might be a ghost in your house? Now, he's real abrupt. You think there might be a ghost in your house? He said, well, if somebody passed away in there, he said, well, I'd have him help with the yard. And that's all he said about that. So, and this fella is, I don't want to say he's agnostic, because he's told me flat out he doesn't believe in God. So, that's his religion. That's his right. He can do that if he wants to. He can do that. Now, should I try to persuade people to come to Jesus? I don't think persuade is the right word, but I should invite them. I should tell them about the gospel. I should present it to him and let him make the choice because this is America and it's freedom. Now, does that have anything to do with America? No, because it happens in other countries. What it, happens, what it has to do with is the God that I serve. The God that I believe is a God above every other God. The God who does, who created the heavens and the earth. Now he wants to be put out there and he wants to be invited in. Right? Amen. Amen. All right. So I, I said all that to say when I talked about Hinduism and Buddhism. Now I know I'm not being very funny today, but I'm, I'm getting somewhere with this. But when I talked about them, you can't. I'm doing biblical. I'm, I'm speaking biblical. Now, what I mean by that is I'm not doing anything that Elijah didn't do. Y'all remember when he went to Mount Carmel and he got all, the, you know, they were had these other gods and stuff, and he said, okay, well, let's see whose God is God. And he had them build all this stuff, this wood, big, big wood, and then he poured water on it and did all this stuff. Y'all remember that? Now, when... When he did this, what did he do? He told them all to come over here. So they were all gathered around, and they all were calling upon their God and all this. And what does he say to them? He's like, where's your God at? Now, this is before his God showed himself. But he's like, where's your God at? Is he using the bathroom? Is he out taking a walk? Is he meditating on something? Now, he was making fun of them. That's what he was doing. He didn't have no shame. He said, I don't care what, you know, if you... 
think it's dishonest, if you think it's blasphemy, if you think I'm going to get struck dead, he said, I'm going to do it because my God is fixing to back, back up my story. So then he does all that, and then he calls down fire. And what, if you'll read it, just before he calls down the fire and stuff, what does he do? He says, come closer. So and that, that never really struck to me before. It never, I never really understood but then, so today, and this may not be the reason, it's just my thought process. I had to excuse me, my mouth's getting real dry. But my God has pinpoint accuracy. He can, he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, to whoever he wants, however he wants. Y'all remember uh, Lot's wife, she turned around, and what happened to her? Now, why did she turn into salt? Because she wasn't doing what they said. Did the ground? It didn't say the ground around her turned to salt. Didn't say the guy right ahead of her turned to salt. Says she turned to salt. He's got pinpoint accuracy, and how does he have pinpoint accuracy? Because he knows the heart, right? He's not looking at the outside. He's not looking at your cats, your dogs, your house. Doesn't care how big your house is or how small it is. He cares about your heart. So I try and I try and I try to keep my heart right. And I, I want you to keep your heart right. So don't worry. It's your freedom. It's your freedom to say, my God is better than your God. And it's your freedom to show that. Now, in this story, he had the freedom to do what he wanted to because he knew who his God was. But even before that, he had the freedom because this is what he did. He called everybody together. Now, this guy was vastly outnumbered. He called hundreds of them up there. And he knew what was going to happen. But he had the freedom to do that. He didn't sit back and he didn't say, well, you know, I'm surrounded by 12 other gods over here. I better just keep quiet until my time comes. I'll go over here on my own mountain and, do what, and worship my God. He didn't do that. He had the freedom to call them all together and say, hey, watch this. I'm going to show you what a real God can do. He's going to be like, my God's fixing to punk your God. You're not going to know what's happening. So, so that's what he did. But he had the freedom. He was not worried about what somebody else thought, what somebody else said. He was not going to keep quiet. He was going to say, hey, let me tell you about my God. And then he's like, hey, better yet, I'm not even just going to tell you about him. I'm going to show you about him. He's going to come up here, and he's going to show himself approved. And I want you all to have the freedom to do that because it's, it's not – Nobody's holding you back, nobody but you. The, the Constitution says you can do that. Now, you have to follow certain rules here in America. You've got to get permits or whatever, but you can do what you want to do. You can do what you want to do. I'm going to go to another story here. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Pharaoh. Let's go to Pharaoh for a second. All right. So Pharaoh is, he's over the land. He's having them make bricks and all this stuff. Excuse me. Now he's got the ability to let these people go or to keep them captive. And he chose to keep them captive, right? All right. So he's like, no, you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to stay here. You're going to do my bidding. I've got pyramids to build. I've got houses to build. I've got all these things that I want to do. But what's different because if you remember the, the definition, the second one, the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. <clears throat> so that's what's different about Pharaoh. He's an imprisonment. He imprisoned these people so that they could do what he wanted them to do. And so that's all he was worried about, what he wanted to do. Do I want to build something bigger and higher than the Pharaohs before me? Do I want to do all this? Yes, I do. And as Pharaoh, I'm going to do it. So he takes these people and he keeps them captives keeps them captive and he does what he wants to do so he was showing himself bigger and badder than anybody in the land anybody any other gods out there so then these two guys come up and they're like hey you gotta let these people go and he's like mm, i don't think so these are my people i feed them i give them jobs i provide for them they've got a place to live these are my people i'm not letting them go so then if you notice, 
God didn't make him let him go right away, right? He had to go through through a few things. Yes, had to go through a few things. So the first time something happened, he didn't let him go. The second time something happened, he didn't let him go. Now, so you got to wonder why why God didn't just pin him down, you know, give him a Damascus experience, something like that. Why did he wait so long to before he let him go? Because you know our God can make him do some stuff. Now, he's, he's not going to, like, poltergeist or something and make them float in the air and hold their hands. He's not going to do nothing like that. But he will have his way. And he's going to tell you ahead of time. He says, hey, you better let these people go. Well, they didn't. So time after time after time, they come and they was like, hey, you're going to get this plague. You're gonna, this is going to happen. And finally, this guy has enough. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. Stop. I'm tired. I can't take no more. I will let these people go. So then he lets them go. And why did it take so long? That's, that was my question. Because there's freedom. Now, did the Pharaoh have freedom? Sure he did. That's why they asked him to start with, would you let these people go or let these people go, whether it's a question or not. doesn't matter. He gave them the option. He gave them the opportunity for Pharaoh to come up here and say, guys, y'all have served this country enough. I'm going to let you go. Well, this pyramid is high enough. I'll, get, I'll pay somebody else to finish the top of it, whatever. But there was freedom there. Pharaoh just didn't know it. These people were free, but Pharaoh didn't know it. It took him a while to realize it. And what, what made him realize it was the plagues and all these things. And did he realize they were free? No, he just realized that he didn't want to go through this anymore. So in that, they got their freedom. So same thing happened with America. In Great Britain, they realized, hey, I'm tired of losing people. I'm going to let these people just be independent. They can be on their own. They can have their own freedom. Enough people have died. It's the same thing. Same thing as Pharaoh. Enough people have died. They've been enslaved. They've been captive. They've been doing what we wanted them to do. They paid the taxes. They've been sending money. They've been doing what, what we wanted them to. But now we've, we've had enough. They fought against us, so we're going to let them go. We're going to let them be their own country. And if it falls, it falls. It's not on us. So as America, we had the opportunity to fall. And so far, we have not fallen. Now, have times been bad at times? Sure, they've been bad. We've had depressions, we've had wars, we've had divisions among the people, we've had all kinds of things. But that's okay, because that's your freedom. Remember, it's, it's going to come down to you and your freedom. Now, I want you to know that you've got the freedom, and that's what we was talking about earlier. I'm going to scoot on. So, he, he had Pharaoh let him go, let my people go. I lost my other story. I'll get it in a second. But I want you to know that your God is a God of freedom. Now, now I'm fixing transition for just a second because I've talked to you about a few things, but I want you to know in this, in this God of freedom, there's a God of peace and there's a God of war. Now, on my desk, because you hear all time, seeker sensitive. Y'all heard that word? All right, so there's preachers out there, and they say there's, they talk about these preachers. They say they're seeker sensitive. All they ever tell you about is the good things in life. Well, let me tell you, there's, it's not all good in life. It's not all good. Now, so as a pastor, as, as a pastor and Pastor Robert, it's our duty to teach you the good things in life and the bad things in life. Right. Now, because we're not trying to scare you into Christianity. We're not trying to scare you into believing that our God is the right God and the only way to go. No, we're trying to give you choice. Now, we're not giving you our choice because it's not me that gets you to heaven or hell. I'm giving you God's choice, and it's up to you to choose. You've got the freedom to choose. You can be like this guy who wants to be over here and pray the spirits out of his house. You can be over here and be like this guy who doesn't believe one way or the other. You can do all that stuff. But I'm telling you, there's a God up there, and he's kicked out a third of the angels out of heaven. He kicked the devil out with him. He said, oh, y'all, get out of here. You're not messing up my house. You're not going to do that. But at the same time, there's a God up there that's going to get you 
married. When you get married, you're doing that unto God, unto the Lord. And these two people should be together for the rest of their lives. So he's not going to, you know, you got the God that kicks them out. You got the God that puts them together. You got this God. He can do all these things. And he is all these things. And you've got to know this going into it. I don't want you to go into it thinking, oh, I'm just getting a mansion into heaven. No, I'm telling you, you're going to have to stand up for yourself at some point in your life. You're going to have to stand up for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're going to have to stand up for the church that you believe in and the pastor that you believe in. You're going to have to stand up for your rights. And you're going to have to study the Word so that you can stand up because people are going to come and they're going to try to trick you with the Word. And they're going to try to say, you don't understand what He means right there. And you don't do this and you don't do that. So you've got to be able to stand up for yourself because sometimes Mitchell's living in Little Rock or somewhere and he's not going to... I can't come up there and say, hey, Mitchell, you're right. No, he's going to have to stand up on his own. You've got to. You've got to. So you've got to know that your God loves you, and you've got to know that he cares for you. And you've got to know that he wants you to be free to call out his name. And that's, that's another thing. When you do call on his name, what's going to happen? What happens when you call on God's name? Well, the power and the authority of God comes down. That's what the prayer is all about. It's, a, it's about not being in that situation by yourself. It's about having somebody there with you right the whole time that you're not alone, that you'll never be alone. He doesn't leave you or forsake you. He doesn't do any of that stuff. So he's going to be right there with you. Remember, he's, he knows your heart. Why does he know your heart? Because he can live on the inside of you if you let him, if you just invite him in. When I tell you some gave all, I'm telling you all gave, one of them gave all of it. There's one person out there that gave everything that he ever had, everything that he could ever be for your life, for my life. So some gave all and all gave whatever. One person gave it all. One person did that nobody else can ever do, has ever done and can never do from here on out. It will never be done again. Jesus, God gave Jesus for you. He gave it for you so you could have a choice, so you could have freedom, so you could be who you wanted to be, and that you could grow up in Christ and you could be this great person. You could do miracles. You could have the anointing in your life. You can have uh, people just walk by you and say, that person's a Christian. Uh, you know, uh, there's been times, uh, Pastor Eileen, she'd say, I was in this restaurant and somebody came up and they pay for my food. They said, we can just tell that you're a Christian. We see the happiness over you, the life. We can see those things. That can be your life too. It can be. It can be. Now, I want it to be. I want it to be. I want to pay for your food. I don't want you to have to give $1,000 in the offering to get a $30 meal at Fiesta Linda's. That's not what it's about. What it's about is how far can you go in God? How deep can you go? How much anointing can you get? How close can you get with Jesus Christ? How close can you get with the Holy Spirit? That's what it's really about. You have the freedom to stay right here on the edge and stay back and just listen to what the pastor says and agree with him and amen. Or you've got the ability to, you've got the freedom to go in the Bible and get your own message and, do, and just get as close as you can with him in the prayer closet, uh, talking to your friends, whatever. You've got that freedom to get as close to Jesus as you want to get. The Holy Spirit is not, not a respecter of persons or anything like that. He loves you just as much as he loves me, and he's going to give his life for you just as he did for me. He loves you. He wants you to. It's about the freedom, the freedom that you have. What can you do with the freedom? Because the freedom is out there. It's in the Constitution. It's in the Bible. It's everywhere. But what are you going to do with the freedom? Are you going to just hold it in? Are you just going to comment on Facebook about, hey, I'm free. I can do this. I can do that. Or are you going to take that freedom and you're going to give it to somebody else? Are you going to lead them out? Are you going to show them how to get out of Egypt? Are you going to do all these things? What are you going to do with that freedom that's been given to you? People have died for it in the natural. They've, they've just... They've come across the enemies. They've defeated them. They've done all these things for you, and they're still doing them. Now, there's still people fighting on both sides. You got the, let's just, you got the Democrats and the Republicans. Let's just take them. You've got them fighting. Marriage, is it right? Can it be just a man and a woman? Can it be two men? Can it be two women? You've still got people fighting. So you've got to, whichever side you're going to be on, you've got to go to your, either your knowledge books or your Bible books, and you've got to fight whatever that says. So what are you going to do with that freedom? Are you just going to roll over and say, hey, it's, it's a law, I've got to do that. You can change the laws. You can go to your city government, you can go to your state government, federal government, you can get laws changed. They can get it to where they can burn in the city if they want to. But it, it's not a big deal to them, so it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal to me whether I can or can't burn. But what I'm telling you is that one day it's going to be a big deal when you're close and you're on your deathbed and you're thinking, hey, 
Do I want to be a Christian or not? Then it's going to be a big deal. Then you've got to decide, is this freedom worth dying for? Because I'm fixing to die, and i got to know, do I want to come back as a little smiling cat, or do I want to have life in, in eternity? What am I going to do? What's my freedom going to get from me? Because I can be free all day long, and I can die and still be, then I'm, I'm captive, like it says. Then I'm just captive. Or I can be free. I can float out of this body. I can, my spirit can go to heaven. I can live in the mansions like he was talking about earlier. I can do all this stuff, and I can be free. And I can be free. I lost my train of thought there. But uh, that's, that's freedom. Somebody gave something for that. Now, so freedom. What are you free to do? My Bible tells me I'm free to walk on water. My Bible tells me I'm free to heal the sick. My Bible tells me all these things. I can heal the sick. I can cast out demons. I can do all these things. Let's see what I've got in my list. I can raise the dead. I can call fire down from heaven. I'm free to say, let my people go. And I'm free to preach the gospel. Right now, I'm free. I may not be free in 10 years from now, but I'm free to preach the gospel right now. So that's where the freedom is. That's where we're at with freedom. Freedom to be you. So I'm, I'm going to read you this Ephesians and then I'm going to talk to you real quick. <laughs> Excuse me. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Ephesians 1 15 through 23 and I'm going to read that. If you don't, we'll have it up here on the screen, hopefully. <clears throat> and I'm going to read this to you. And we'll go from there. Now, I'm almost done, and it's, it's like 10 minutes till 12. So, did I hear an amen? All right. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Brother Benny, we're going to be going to verse 23. We're going to read straight through. And if, if I don't get too dry mouth, we'll go quick. <laughs> Ephesians 1.15 Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, <coughs> that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being, being enlightened, that you may know what, it hope is, what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of an inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the work of his mighty power which we wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and set him, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly place, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all the things to the <coughs> to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now, I'm not going to tell you why I read that. I want you to go back and read that later on because it has a lot to do with what we're saying today, but you can get so much out of that scripture right there. So much. So, if you go back to the title of my... my excuse me. <clears throat> if you go back to the title of the message today, remember I said it's freedom isn't free, or is it? So we know... When we say freedom isn't free, that people died and they passed away and all that. And so in that respect, it's not free. <coughs> but I want to tell you, I'm okay, thank you. 
So I want to tell you that freedom can be freed, and it depends on how you look at it. All freedom takes, all it takes to do all this stuff, to call down fire, to say, let my people go. All it takes is for you to say, Jesus, come into my heart. And that doesn't cost you anything on the surface, but it, it does cost. It does cost. You can ask anybody here that professes to be a Christian, did it cost them something to become a Christian? Some will say, yes, it cost me some family members. Some will say, yes, it cost me my wife. Some will say, yes, my kids don't talk to me anymore. Some will say it cost me a job. Some will say, yeah, uh, I, it cost me a car because I actually stole my car and I had to give it back when I was a Christian. Some, you know, there's all kinds of things. Does it cost you anything to do it? No. All you have to do is speak the words. Say it in your heart. You know, uh, I've seen altar calls where they say, hey, let's, let's pray this out loud. And, and then some will say, hey, if you can't pray it out loud, just say it with me, you know, just in your mind, <clears throat> say it with me. So it does cost something. So freedom isn't free, but if you can't pay the price of just saying some words, then, then we need to have a closer talk, you and I. So freedom is free in the aspect that it doesn't cost you any money. You don't have to die for it. But you do. Somebody did die for it. And that's the thing. He died for it so that you don't have to die. So all these battles that took place for your freedom, they don't have to happen anymore. Nobody else has to die so that you can be free because somebody has already died and he paid the price that nobody else can pay. That price lasts for all eternity, for all the earth. It's, it's paid for. So it doesn't cost you anything anymore to be free. But you do have to give your life for it. You have to say, Jesus, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus, I want you to live inside of me. I want you to do all these things because I love you, Jesus. And I see, I see the error of my ways. I see that I've been bad. I see that I've been a sinner. I see that I don't want to go to hell. I want my family members to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. I see all these things. I want them to be free, God. I want them to be free. I want them to know. <coughs> I want them to know that they can have the same power in their life that I have in my life. Because there is power in being a Christian. Now, is it power to be used and abused? No. It's a power to do what God has for your life. So that, so that when he says, when he says, when he says, Sage, would you go stand out in front of this store with a sign that said Jesus loves you? That you've got the power to take whatever. Because people are going to come by and they're going to say something to you. And some are not going to be nice and some will be nice. But it's okay. And why is it okay? <coughs> because the, re the reward outweighs anything that's going to be hollered out of a car window. And so, so that's kind of my message today. And I'm going to stop there. And, and we're going to have communion here. And after communion, Sister Monica, if you could just lead us in a prayer of salvation. Because that's the first step in being free. Is salvation. Because without it, you're in bondage. Without it, you're tied up. Without it, you're captive. You can't go anywhere you want to go. You can't do anything you want to do because you're a captive. You're a slave to sin. And what does that mean? It means, let's just, let's take a few examples. Drugs. You're a slave to drugs, which means you've constantly got to have more, right? You get this hit, and, and I don't do them. <coughs> I, haven't, I haven't lived that life, but they tell me that you're always trying to chase that first high. You're always trying to get there, and you never can. That's what that, you're a slave to that. And I'm picking the, just like the big three, you know, like pornography. <coughs> you're always trying... I don't know what they're trying to do. They're always looking at it and trying to do whatever. But you're a slave to it. And that's why the people's marriages get destroyed because their husband or their wife comes in and catches them looking at them and then they're hurt. And they're like, I'm sorry, I just can't help it. I gotta look. You're a slave to pornography. If we can put it on a simpler 
not simpler. Let's stay over here. So you've got this man and the woman. The man controls this woman so much, she doesn't want to go to church because he doesn't let her. She's a slave. She's her own person. She knows it. She goes to work every day without him. But on Sunday, he says, you're not going. You're cooking me breakfast. Doing all this stuff. <coughs> She's a slave. She can't do anything without him letting her do that. Now, each of these situations you can come out of. You can be instantly delivered or you can go through time. But it can happen. All you have to do is that prayer of salvation. Because one day, she may, not, she may pray the prayer of salvation and she may not go to church that next Sunday or the next Sunday, but eventually she's going to say, my God supplies all of my needs. So if I have to leave my husband just to go to church, then I'm still going to be provided for. I'm going to have food. I'm going to have shelter. I'm going to have all these things that I need to live my life because I'm not going to let anything hold me back from my God who supplies my needs, my God who loves me more than anything else. So when he puts down pornography, when he, he or she puts down pornography, they're going to come to the understanding that their wife or their husband has everything that they need. It's, it's been put together in the marriage. God, God ordained this marriage. He wants you to love that person more than anybody else, more than anybody you see on TV, more than anybody you see walking down the street. God wants you to love who he united you together with. So it'll be taken care of. You can quit pornography, cold turkey. Don't worry about it. You'll be, a fi you'll be fine. Same over here with the drugs. When you decide to give your heart to Jesus, that's your body. You're giving your heart, mind, and your soul. And he can deliver you from the drugs, from the alcohol. He can take you off of it just like that. There's, and in the natural, there's support groups. There's church. You can be around church family. You can do all these things. Anything to take your attention off of what you needed to have at one time. Because you won't need that anymore. You're, what you're going to need now is more of Jesus. More of Jesus. More of Jesus. And all it costs is just say, God, would you come into my life? Jesus, I love you. I know that you gave your life for me, Jesus. I know that you did everything that you could on this earth to defeat sin. And then when it, in the end you went down to hell and you defeated the devil for me so that I could live a victorious life, so that I could put down drugs, so I could put down alcohol, so I could put all this stuff down. And that's where your freedom comes. Freedom in your life. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.